Good evening, everybody. It is In The Zone, January 10th of 2024. It's our second episode of the new year. I'm your host, Nick Martelli, alongside Chris Martelli and Giancarlo Alino. We got a hell of a show for you guys today. We got wildcard weekend coming up in the NFL this weekend, and we had quite a bit of hockey news and events transpire over the last few days. And as we get into it, I'm going to let Chris lead us off with the face-off. Here we go. Yeah, so topic number one for today, we're going to be kicking it off with a really, really interesting trade. A couple days ago, uh, we saw the Philadelphia Flyers trade probably, if not their best prospect, their second best prospect, Cutter Gauthier, to the Anaheim Ducks, a team that's known to be young, but they're giving up one of their young D guys, Jamie Drysdale, and a second round pick in 2025. Now, we did see Cutter Gauthier in the World Junior Championships, and let's say he was probably the second best player. It was between him and I'd say McGroarty for the States. We all know that the States ended up killing Sweden in the final. Um, there was some bl- bad blood in that game. We saw McGroarty, you know, chirping the fans there kind of unprofessional but the unprofessionalism does not stop there because I hate to say it Cutter Gauthier right now is not in my good books he is looking a little bit unprofessional Danny Breer has come out and said we just you know we 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 didn't want to we didn't want to keep him and everyone's like well why this guy is your fifth overall pick two years ago in the draft what ended up happening and what ends up happening it finally all comes out that he didn't want to sign he didn't want to train he didn't want to communicate with the Philadelphia Flyers for whatever reason I don't know if there were trust issues I don't know if he just doesn't like the city what are your guys thoughts on this trade Alina I'll start with you what does this make Cutter Gauthier look like as a as an NHLer I'm not gonna lie when I saw this I'm like he must have had something going on in the organization. He probably told them before the World Juniors they didn't want to be there. But all those reports come out after they flew out to meet with him and he refused to talk to them. So right there, that shows he's unprofessional. You want to be a pro in the league. Danny Briere has done a lot in that organization. And that's how you're treating somebody. We put all the seat time in there. And Danny Briere, I think that's disrespectful. If he wants to be a pro and it shows that he's lacking maturity. So he's going to go to Anaheim where, yeah, he's a good player, but I'm Imagine Timo Solani is there and he says, ah, I don't want to go talk to Timo Solani. He did a lot for this organization. Ah, I don't want to go talk to him. It's disrespectful. So, uh, yeah, they should have had a long talk with his agent about that. It, it This this whole thing that transpired at first, you know, it was one of those things where everyone's like, wait, this doesn't this doesn't seem right. Like, it felt like an NHL, you know, like NHL 24 GMO yeah. trade. It felt yeah. like that. I'm like, holy shit. I haven't seen a trade like this in a long time. It, it, it really it really did not feel like an NHL kind of trade. I mean, the NHL normally it's if you have a no trade clause or if you want to trade, you know, you'll, you'll make it public. But for a guy that just got drafted, this really took probably a lot of people back to the Eric Lindros trade that happened. You, I'm not going to Quebec. doesn't matter, whatever. And then that massive trade happens. But man, like out of all the guys that you want to kind of like rub the wrong way, trying to become a pro is Danny Briere, a guy that, you know, like you said, you know, he has the seat time in Philly, but even his professional career, he, a guy that put in the hours, worked hard, was a captain on multiple teams, like really good player. So it's it's shocking. Um, he's got to, he's gonna have a wake up call because not for nothing. Sure, Anaheim's a really good young hockey team, but with the way they're looking and the way they go about like some of their pregame stuff, they look like a bunch of fucking clowns. I agree. Like. It, it's the NHL. It's, you know, NCAA is, is a big deal as well. Like he's playing on one, an amazing NCAA team as well, but smarten the fuck up. Like they're not going to be winning a cup there very long if they just want to turn this Anaheim team into a, a USA junior all-star team because they're going to be more focused on TikTok and all kinds of other bullshit as opposed to winning hockey games. 
Yeah, there's there's one thing to me that stands out in this whole situation is it's to Philadelphia. The fans in Philly yeah. are gonna eat this poor kid alive. When he comes to Philly, it's gonna be well, it's that, gonna be a shit show, that, man. That torts interview, that would that, I think that said it all. Like you, you know, they, like like I said, they wanted to go about it in the right way, and then clearly what happened with them going out to see him in Sweden, like it's not like the tournament was here in the U.S. <laughs> it was Sweden, in fucking yeah. Sweden, <laughs> and a time where you can do it on Zoom, you know, too, like yeah, like <laughs> not for nothing, like and then you you're like, no, I don't want to meet you with you guys, I don't want to talk to like, and then they asked Tort, so uh, what do you think about? I don't know him from a. a a hole in the wall. It's like, woof. you know, maybe I, I think it might've been one of those things where he, he's not tough enough or he doesn't have the stones to play for a guy like torts. And if this is going to become a thing in the NBA, uh, in the NHL, it's going to feel a lot like the NBA. And that's not good for the game of hockey, giving some of these young guys that much power, I would say, or even giving them the av- ability. I mean, he's a prospect you can't pass up, which is why they traded him. But if this is a sign of things to come from guys coming out of junior or college, it's not good for the game of hockey. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, as well, it's one of those things where for his whole career now, now he hasn't even played a game in the league yet, which to me is wild because... He hasn't even signed a contract yeah, yet. Usually players like this, you you at least have had a couple years of, of good seasons to be this vocal. This is different. I'm not going to say it's good. It's definitely not good for the league. And Gauthier, man, he's a phenomenal player. I don't want to discredit any of his ability. Like, he's over a point of game in college. He killed the world juniors, a top five pick. The the ceiling looks high for him. But if you're going to do this, will he ever have that trust as a long-term player after seeing something like this? I don't, I, yeah, I don't think Like, so. if I'm Anaheim, it's a good trade, but... You're thinking, yeah. like, he could do this at any point. Imagine he's a UFA, and he goes, oh, yeah, I don't want to be you guys. It was, what are you guys that, doing that, here? That, that's brutal. <laughs> and you know what, though? I think it goes to show you, though, like, he wouldn't have fit in whether he wanted to be in Philly or not at, based on this trade and what has come out because no one had Philly playing as well as they're playing this year. And whatever Torts has done with, in the locker room, within the team, to get all those guys to gel and play the way they've been playing – it, they got to be one of the biggest surprises this year in terms of a team that no one really had on the radar, especially with some of the games they've been playing. It just makes sense. Like it goes to show you that guys are getting soft. It's getting softer than baby shit because if you can't play for a guy that wants you to be the best that you can be, there's there's a problem. I think as well. Uh, I'll I'll talk more about the the Philly side of the trade with Drysdale, but you know you're talking about like you look at. Mint, uh, what's his name? The guy they just, uh, Mitchkov, mm-hmm. the guy that's going to come up. I've seen his highlights in the K this year. He's he's killing it. He looks like a Kaprizov. So maybe a guy like Ken Jones and, and uh, Briere, they, they see Mitchkov and they're, okay, you know, we have Morgan Frost, we have Couturier, we have Konechny, we have Forster, we have Brink, we have a lot of forwards. We don't really need Cutter Gauthier. And, you know, when, when someone says that about a player and how vocal he is, maybe that'll shrink him down to size a bit. So, um, but I don't want to be too negative on the kids. So now we're going to quickly just talk more about Jamie Drysdale as a player, a very good two-way defenseman at his age. Unfortunately, guys, he's been just had that injury bug the last year and a half. In his first full season, though, he had 32 points, which is for a D in this age, that's really good. And 
You look at Philly's D, it's led by Cam York. You probably don't even know who that is. <laughs> and uh, Travis Sanheim, who's turning 28 years old. So I think this is an absolute home run of a play for Philly. Knowing where they are, they have that underdog mentality. They do have a little bit of more attention on them now because of this situation. But I think that's going to benefit them tonight. I expect them to beat the brakes off of Montreal tonight. I don't think it's going to be close. And Jamie Drysdale, guys... Power play one tonight. So what do you guys think about uh, about Drysdale as a player? Do you think he'll fit in with Philly? And he's a much better pro than Gochi. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice fit because uh, remember, they had Proveroff and then he's now on Columbus. So they've had a lot of holes that they had to fill and they kind of just filled it in with guys that they brought in and now towards coaching them up and they're making them better than what they actually are. So it shows that he's a good coach, but I think Drysdale coming in, it has that upside that I think was lacking a little bit. So I think Philly's going to really benefit from Drysdale. Now they have that pick that they can play around with at the deadline, depending on where they are at uh, that time next month. But I think uh, Philly's in a nice situation, at least for now. Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely in a, in a great spot. With the way Drysdale sees and plays the game, it's definitely a hole that I think any team that needed a defenseman will wish they could have filled. They just don't have a guy that they're able to get rid of like that. He's going to do great for them. The the Leafs, I feel like this is going to sound silly with how the Leafs have been playing, but the Leafs for a while, if it wasn't Morgan Riley on the blue line and then getting Mark Giordano, you're kind of looking at our blue line like who the, like besides TJ Brody as well, who else do we have that's filling in that spot? It's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, Laguson came out of nowhere, Benoit, we, you know, so it's one of those things where it's like when you have a bunch of nobodies besides maybe two guys or three guys that have a resume in the NHL, it's nice when you're able to fill a hole like that with a guy like this because he's going to be there for a while and he's not going to have any issues. I think he's going to be a great success there. Yeah. And I just want to talk, like conclude with this topic is both teams are in great positions moving forward. Like I'm looking at the list here. They have now a forward group of Gauthier, McTavish, Zegris, and Carlson for the future. So yeah, you're probably not going to keep all four of them for long-term, but for now, I mean, that's a home run. I think, I think if you're an Anaheim fan, other than the whole TikTok that stuff. I think what the skill that you're going to see on the ice is probably one of the better Anaheim skilled teams in a very long time once they get it all together. And then of course, Philly, of course, with the perfect, I think Drysdale's a freaking perfect match. It's, I think he's going to do like what Gostas Bear did when he was there, where he put up like 48 points. That clapper at the point was just deadly, but they also moved on because they had Mintkov that we yeah, talked yeah. about. So anyways, that was, you know, it's a pretty good trade. I think for both the uh, I think I'm going to give the edge to Philly for now, just based off of Drysdale's professionalism. And you could trust him a little more in the roster. Well, you know, I'm going to give the edge to Philly as well, because you got a guy that doesn't matter where he's playing. He just wants to bring his lunch pail and he goes to work every night. Right. So is it a sweep? I think, you know what? I'll go Philly. I'll go Philly. But (laughs) you mentioned like about Anaheim there. And I agree, like the TikTok thing. If there's a team in this league that doesn't need any more marketing, it's the Anaheim Ducks. There's a fucking movie about the mighty Ducks that they got their name from so they're yep. constantly part of like nostalgia and everything so if that's a team that doesn't really need that kind of uh cloud online it's the anaheim ducks i'll tell you guys <laughs> they right better now. not remake it and have zegris as the main <laughs> or i will freaking lose my I'll, t- I'll tell you right now though looking at this group and when it comes down to like the hockey side of things zegris in my opinion is the odd like when it comes time to getting serious whether it's contracts, wanting to make this team a winning team. I think Zegers is the odd man out. Looking I, looking at those four guys. I mean, yeah, it's him or, or Gauthier for sure. I, I'd keep Carlson and McTavish, no doubt. Yeah. As your one-two center punch, like those are the two guys, I think. No, Gauthier has to stay. 
given what they gave what they yeah. gave up. Yeah, you're right. So I do think you know Zegers' contract's coming up soon. I think he'll eventually be the odd man out. Well, so, now we got to move on. Speaking of contracts, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be the Ooh. time where I give Nick a lot of the fucking leeway here because this is his boy. But Nylander's now under contract until. He's 35 years old. Well, so he's locked up for cool. eight years. $11.5 million. Maybe by the time his contract is up, maybe the Eglinton construction will be fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, uh, I mean, I think it's almost done. I think they opened it not that yeah, long but they, ago. They said I, that like five years ago. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, man. No. But hey, hey, Oof. hey, hey. Oof. Before we, we really get into our own opinions here, do you guys agree with the cap hit or do you think it might be a little bit inflated off his production? I think honestly... If I'm William Nylander, put the shades on, kid. Drink that bubbly. You deserve it. <laughs> the guy has been absolutely killing it. I got to say, this is a pretty fair number. I think it was, we. I think we did our first episode here. We were saying like Last nine week, and a yeah, half. Yeah, that was, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> like two mil, two mil more. I mean, what do you guys think on the deal? I mean, this is this is one of those things where it's like Jerry Maguire and yep. Cuba Gooden Jr.'s on the phone with Tom Cruise. Willie's on the phone with Brad Tree Living. Show me the money. Show me the money. <laughs> and did they did they show him the money? I mean, largest contract in Maple Leafs history. And guess what? He deserves every single penny and dollar of this deal. Having having to put up with all the naysayers, even with the first contract that he signed, was more or less being bent over a barrel with his production at those numbers. And then, you know what? This time around, it's kind of like, you know, hey, you guys won on the last deal. I'm a fucking superstar. I'm the second best player on this team. More or less, fuck you, pay me. And, you know, Brad, Brad Tree Living's hand, he was handcuffed. You can't tell me you're not going to sign this guy when he's having production of the second or third best player in the league. You, you can't. We, Chris and I, after watching the game last night, it was a blowout, but we were going through the stats and it was like the game wasn't even over yet. And it was in within 37 games, he had 54 points. And that wasn't including the three or four points he got last night. Damn. It's insane. Like Tied for third in scoring. Yeah. Like he's, you guys know how I feel. I'm ecstatic. I'm over the moon. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going <laughs> to, Alino, go for it. Yeah, I like it. And it shows on like the NHL PA standpoint, like we hear so many times about the cap being like at the number it is. And then some guys and media outlets complaining that some players take like too much other percentage, but the only way this cap might go up and lead to change is if more players start demanding more money and supply and demand of exactly. all these guys are like, I need 12 million. I want 11 and a half. Well, then the guys are not going to settle. The owners are going to say, you know what? We need to raise a salary cap. And that they talk about fighting in the league, you raise a salary cap, you can put up more more skilled players in your lineup. So uh, I think he deserves it too, because like some of that money, we need to get Willie to work. He takes a TTC, <laughs> you know, he's gotta, he's gotta go to work. So those Presto cards is gonna Rogers zeros and <laughs> Rogers, the TTC. You need more people to have uh, that, that cable service and that horrible Wi-Fi. you know, and those maybe, maybe, um, maybe he can uh, elevate his audio from earbuds to Oh. Headphones too. Yeah. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Oh no, he can he could afford them before anyway. It's just you of know. course we're just we're just we're fucking around here. Too. I will I will say the one the one thing I wish I wish and maybe this isn't good for the league if it did come to it is if salaries are going to go up and Gary Bettman is so hesitant of raising the cap, then why don't you maybe explore the option of kind of being like baseball or football where you can sign a guy to seven hundred million and. You can kick, you can oh kick, God. no, no. And you can kick it down the road. Like, you know, Shohei Otani or, you know, 
what was the other Japanese guy's name? The other pitcher that they signed, even T. Oscar, he he took a deal where he can kick money down the road for God knows how long. I do think though, like you said, Alino, it's a good sign. If this is going to be the common thing, it has to go up because they were saying um, in light of Willie signing on uh, Winnipeg, um, Connor, Connor, Kyle Connor, his contract, he's the high, he's at seven and a half, I think it is, his current contract. Oh yeah, that's up too, right? That That's coming up at the end of this year, I believe. But I don't think anyone else on their team is above 10 and I, I could be wrong. I think I think Shifley's close. But I think no he's one's at no one's above ten on no, their team. No, no nobody. So and with that being said with his contract, someone I think brought light to it at Sportsnet about the whole, you know, no one has ever won a cup. Kind of like what we talked oh, about yeah. a couple of times ago with Tampa and everything else. But somebody broke that. Yeah, exactly. Jack so, Eichel broke that. <laughs> I'm excited. We're all excited. I just hope he makes the fucking all-star game because... Yeah, oh yeah. No, but it, it just looks bad on the league if he doesn't make the all-star game after signing that deal. And it's in Toronto. The, yeah. That's a bad look. You would want representation there. Regardless. We'll ta- regardless. We'll, we'll talk a little more down the, down the road about the all-star game, but I just want to ask you guys what is next for this hockey team because now we have Nylander, we have Matthews, and we have Riley locked up in their primes, which is great, right? You have three of the four guys that are... But like they're locked up. I mean, I don't know if you consider Riley the core four. He's really not, but because it's Tavares, Marner, Willie, Matthews. But longest tenured Maple Leaf. Oh, he's to me. He's probably going in the rafters. To be honest with you. Um, but you know, now we got to talk about JT, who's up next year, and Mitch Marner. So, do you guys think we can afford both at the same time, or do you think this is a situation where Trey Living kind of looks at one of them and it's like, yeah, we might have to let you go. I think the Leafs have a little bit of a positive going here. Mitch Marner, I think they'll be able to sit him down. It's going to be tough when the dad gets involved. Oh, God. <laughs> I met him. They Nice people. Good, I'm not trashing him. Good or Canadian any. kid. Good Canadian dad. Good Canadian hockey family. I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a tough negotiation there. But John Tavares, I think MLSE come in and uh, they sit him down at that big boardroom table and they say, <laughs> uh, Johnny, you've been a good service member here. We gave you a lot of money when <laughs> San Jose was lurking around all those years ago. We'll give you like $4 million, but the rest, when you retire, we'll give you a percentage of the MLSE ownership. Oh, that's... I would uh, go play hardball with Johnny Tease. If he really wants to be here and he had the Leaf pajamas and he really wants to win a cup and that's his dream, I'd go uh, with that and say, you know what? How would you like some ownership? That would be like $25 million That would That would be, I think, a first in NHL history if that was the case. I do agree, agree 100% when it comes to those two. With Marner, you are going to have to figure out if he wants to be here, you know, it's going to be a harder negotiation than Nylander for sure. For yeah, whatever definitely. reason, it always seems like it is with Marner. Um, he might, Marner might have to be the guy that doesn't get 12 and a half and might get 11 and a half or 12 and have to shut up and be happy about it. Um, if you're Tavares, your next contract's a complete legacy deal and just solely focus on trying to do what's best for you by being here in Toronto and wanting to stay here if you want to be here and giving the team the best option to win. So if that's like a four-year deal or a three-year deal at four mil or a three and a half with a fuck ton of bonuses, do that because then we get all that cap space to either sign Marner or fill other spots that we're going to need to fill. Yeah, I don't see Marner asking for... He's an ass for under, under 12 for sure. Yeah. I think 12 million is probably the base 
like that's where I think negotiations will start. And like, I just have a couple examples here. Now, McDavid signed this a couple of years ago, 12 and a half million Panarin at 11.6, which to me, you could say what you want about Panarin, but man, the guy is just a freaking machine. Uh, Matthews at 11.64. Now you have Willie, Doughty, Carlson. Carlson and Doughty got those when they were at the peak of their careers, making the playoffs every year. Now Willie is in this bubble of superstardom elite contracts. It. I'm not going to say it's hard once you get to this opportunity, you get to this plethora of talent. Willie has it. The guy is an absolute rock star on and off the ice. You see how calm he is off the ice? Yeah. It's like swag. Dude, swag. You, we've been talking about you in the media for five months and it looks like... You, he doesn't like, care. Yeah, he, he, this guy just scrolls, just strolls around in the park with his dog. Doesn't care about you know any negative, positive. He just goes out and he gets it done. He he really you know he's the first guy in Toronto. Maybe okay, no Matthews you could include in this. Um, even Morgan Riley, but like in terms of superstardom besides Matthews, he's the first guy in a while that let has led his game to his talking and allow him to get paid. I will say though one of the reasons why maybe the number might be a little inflated as opposed to being 11 or 11.25. What he did in Sweden and how big everything was when he got there, he played his ass off. The Leafs won every game, I think, when they were there. Yeah. That definitely had to have an impact. That that took him from being Toronto Maple Leaf star to global hockey sensation. Like, it, it, it took him to the moon. So at that point, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the biggest, one of the biggest names in hockey. You'd be an idiot not to sign him at that point, yeah, and, right? Yeah, and another thing too is... Like he's we, performing too. We talk about marketability. Tavares is not marketable. I love the guy. He no. sounds like a freaking robot. You have guys like Zegras. You have guys like Jack Hughes. You have these young guys coming up. Riley, I mean, uh, William Nylander is not the youngest buck anymore. He's 27. He, but to me, honestly... He might be at this very moment the most marketable on the team, and they have a guy named Austin Matthews on the team, like the guy with the mustache, the guy with the tattoos, the guy with the earring. Like Willie's the guy. Like first of all, his fucking nickname is Willie Styles. That is badass. (laughs) It's 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 like he's got the same swag as Ric Flair going to the ring. He's got the drip. He's got the like. I love when Willie has that dirty stash when he shaves everything, just keeps the stash. And I love his nonchalant flow, man. The guy's out there, gets three points. He barely, uh, barely sellies. He does like the little like, yep. like I, I love Willie. I think this deal's a home run. I think we're going to look back at it in three years and we're going to be fucking laughing, man. This guy, I think this Absolutely. might be a hot take. This Nick's going to, he might get hard on this yeah. one. I think this might be one of the best long-term Leafs since Matt Sundin. Sweet there. Hey, it's I a like Swedish it. connection, right? I mean. I was thinking that when we when we have been talking about this, how like not even performance based, the dollars and cents of it all, the fact that you're able to get a guy like him, okay, it's eleven and a half million dollars. When you think about it, it's like yeah, it's a lot of money. It's over eight years, big whoop. But the guy took a huge leap. You're taking a chance on him. But I mean, they're going to be laughing. This might be a thing where, if come year six or five, Willie would be might be wishing that he can restructure to have more money if he could, but he can't. Right, so. I'm excited. They were saying last night, I think it was Mike Johnson doing the, whoever was doing the play-by-play last night. Um, Marner had a great game. He had a multiple point game. Four points. Oh yeah. I think they were saying he's like seven or eight points behind uh, passing uh, Frank Mahovlich for seventh all time on the yeah. Leafs uh, points list or something like that. Who, Marner? Yeah, Marner. And, you know, he was saying, he's like, yeah, well, you know, by when it's all said and done, when the jerseys are in the rafters or the skates are hung up, it should be one, two, and three 
Marner, Nylander, Austin Matthews. Not in that order, but like if those guys are leaves for their careers, those guys should beat every point record there is in terms of totals, like without a no doubt. doubt. So no doubt. Not in Matt's that, that's so much help. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny though? I saw that. I, I don't know if someone posted it today on Twitter or no, it was uh, Instagram. Sorry. There's video proof that William Nylander was playing with Dion Phaneuf oh, yeah. and Phil Kessel. Yeah. A lot of people probably don't remember that when he got drafted, he was worth 62 and he played those first few games before they sent him back. So I, you want to talk about a full circle moment and legacy kind of thing from playing with those bum Leafs that couldn't get anything done to now being him. Pretty fucking crazy. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Remember when they called up? Who was it? It was Connor Brown, Willie, and Kapanen, I think. Ooh. And I was like... No, didn't we also draft Morgan Riley in that draft? No, no, but like, I mean, like they called... Oh, we, yeah. we were garbage. They called all three of those guys up. And I remember, I think it was me and Chiselli <laughs> were like, okay, we're either going to be really shit, but exciting, or we're going to be so fucking good with these young guys that we're just going to say, fuck it, we're going to go get a star. And what ended up, what ended up happening... I think we were a lottery ball away from Connor. Damn. But uh, well, here, here, here's a question for you. With this team now, with a contract sign and everything else, it sounds stupid as this question. Who would you rather have, Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid with this team right now with how they're playing? I'm still going McDavid. I, yeah, like, man, you can't, you can't say no to Connor. Torn ACL and the guy's still flying around like nothing. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, we're going to move on to our other topic of the day today. We're going to actually talk about Connor Bedard's injury, and then we're also going to address the NHL All-Star Game rosters. They haven't been finalized, to my knowledge. Um, the, f- the fan the, voting has, like, they it, haven't done the fan voting, but these the list here is confirmed. Yeah. Like they're in it. Yeah, no, that that was that I was aware of. It was just that fan voting's not done. I've been voting for quite a few guys consistently on Twitter. So hopefully those guys get in because they deserve it. We're going to talk about a few rules I think that need to be changed for that as well. But Chris, I'm going to let you dive in. Yeah, so a sad day three, four days ago. Brendan Smith, a fucking goon. I mean, you know, he's in the NHL, but his role is to basically fuck guys up and fight and put the best players in the penalty box when they get angry. What happens? Bedard, he's been doing it his whole career. He's way too good. He's too fast. He's too agile. He basically goes open ice. He gets decked in the face. I won't even say decked, but he got hit in the face. Guy ends up fracturing his jaw. He's now out for eight weeks. This is probably the worst news not only as a hockey fan, because I remember the Sidney Crosby concussion days, and those were those were rough. Those were those were rough times. I remember thinking, like, is this guy ever gonna win another cup? Like, is this guy gonna be the same? And we all know where the fuck Crosby is now. But with this team, and we've talked, we've seen San Jose the last couple of nights, and how poor they are. Uh, we we see Anaheim, how in, inexperienced they are. Who do you think out of the three teams that I'm going to mention here, Alino, now with the Bedard injury, Chicago, Anaheim, and San Jose, who is going to win the race to get Celebrini? I would hate it if it's Chicago. I'd be fucking pissed. Uh, Anaheim, I th- I see what they're kind of doing with like these young trades. They're being a little sneaky there. San Jose's making it way too obvious they're tanking. Oh, I don't they fucking suck, like man. that. Like They're going up and losing... like touchdown losses to the bad. Leafs. Like, I don't know what they're doing there, but like, Celebrini, 
Another good Italian kid. He's good. I'd man. love to see him. You know what? I'll San Jose. I think him and the Fresh Prince over there. I think it would do good numbers in San Jose. Yeah, no, I I could definitely agree. I mean, if Chicago, <laughs> Chicago's not going to win him unless they get a decent lottery ball and then, oh, look what happened. And then, you know, people are going to start being like, oh, they better not be like Edmonton 2.0. But I really would hate for him to go to fucking Anaheim. I don't like what Anaheim is doing. No, I don't because I, there was a, I saw a clip. I can't remember who sent it to me. It was either... Chris or even Alino, I think you might have showed me. Um, it was a clip of before Getzlav retired. I oh, think I sent you this. Yes, it's Zegris and I think it's what McTavish. No, it's, no, definitely not McTavish. You wouldn't do that. Okay, so it's Zegris and one of the other players, and they're doing this stupid. You know, hockey players have their their superstitions about getting ready in the tunnel for the game and stuff like that. But it looked like you know. Zegris and whoever he was doing it with, they were doing some like hitting each other in the jock cup and then doing some expletive things with their hands. And then they go on their way and you see, you know, Getzlav with the C last guy in line, the seasoned vet Stanley, you know, the guys won every level he's fucking played at sees that. And he's like, you know what? I'm retiring. <laughs> I, I've done enough. I don't want to be around this fucking bullshit. Like I'm not babysitting. I got my own kids to worry about. So I don't like what they're doing. I think they got to wake up. But uh, if San Jose, by all means, I love he'll 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 be fine in San Jose. He'll have the fun. He'll have the sun. They're not going to be great. They're not going to be good at all. But they need they need someone there because at this rate, if they're going to be as this bad for a long time, they might need to get relocated at some point because this brutal to watch. I mean, Mike Greer. I think he has an idea of what to expect with this team. I was telling Nick uh, the other day that. They're really trying to get rid of Hurdle and Couture. And yeah, their contracts are tough, but when you see how bad San Jose's been and you have a long-tenored super, maybe not superstar anymore, but those guys were really good in their prime. Thomas Hurdle retired Martin Biron, and you had Logan Couture in the freaking 2015 playoffs looked like prime Iserman. Guy would get two points every game. So I think Mike Greer wants to do better for both those guys, get them out. I love how you said Fresh Prince, Will Smith, the guys. Of, that's that, that's that's such an awesome nickname. And then, of course, if Will Smith, will, he looked fantastic in the World Juniors. Yeah, yes, he true. did. He was, like, again, he's kind of undersized, but he's a guy that push comes to shove. He's a pro. He'll do his job, and he gets the job done. Celebrini might have been Canada's best player. Canada, as we know, didn't even make it out of the freaking quarters, but... They were not the greatest on paper, but we'll see who wins the race. I got to go probably with San Jose. I just think what we've seen, especially on this road trip and how much the Leafs just kind of, it's, it's like one of those where the Leafs, they always play down to their competition. Not that, last night. That's why I always thought like, oh, it's going to be like a four, three game. Dude, the shots were like 20 to five, both first periods. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, man. I felt bad for Blackwood. I'm like, this guy. Even Cap, Cap. Kakinen? Yeah. Like, well, both goalies just get shelled every game. And I think it was like 47 to 22 in shots by the end of the bad. game. Like, brutal. <laughs> that one game, Matthews had like 12 shots. <laughs> okay, but anyways, now we got to go on. Final, uh, until we go into the NFL, this is the final segment for NHL. We're going to talk about the All-Star game, guys. And over the years, me and Alina, we have a lot of experience talking about All-Star games, talking about who should be in it, who should not be in it. This year, I was telling Alino before the we started this podcast today, uh, you know, you look at the Pacific Division, star power is not there. Now, 
there is a rule in the NHL with all-star games that every single team has to have a member in it. Alino, I'll start with you on this. Based on looking at the sheet in front of you, I'll, I'll say the names after we discuss this question. Do you believe that every team should have a player represented? Or do you think it should just be, you look at points on the season, these guys go, what do you think should be, what do you think should be going on? I think they shouldn't. Uh, I understand they want to have representation, but then after everyone's going to be an all-star and it turns into like a participation trophy. And you look at the kind of season like some of these guys are having, like Hurdle. We're talking about he's being on the trade block. Does his play warrant an all-star selection? I think they need to bring more significance to it. And I would just say get rid of those guys and uh, maybe get another Vegas player up there. And I don't understand why they do that. You think San Jose, the season they're watching, they want to see Hurdle there. They're probably like, yeah, you know what? It's okay. Doesn't need to go. Keep them here. Yeah, no, it's this year is probably the first year in a while where I feel like a lot of people are done with the idea of everyone getting an all-star because of how how much parity there is across the league and the teams that are the top teams are the fucking top teams and the teams that are bad are like historically bad. I think what's something I think would be interesting for the league to have an approach for is the all-star game is always going to go to a place where the team is one, going to make a lot of fucking money. It's a great attraction, but also the team should be also playing good hockey, right? So I think what they should look into is whoever's the host team, they get three or four guys. It's a smart business thing to do. You'll make them a fuck ton of money. You'll sell more seats and then you have fan voting. And what you should do is fan voting, you guarantee at that point that everyone has the opportunity to get one all-star through fan voting. Because then at least you rely on the fan base to try to get the guy in. If the guy doesn't get in because of the fan base, the proof's in the pudding at that point. Clearly, he's not meant to be an all-star. At least at that point, you can try to get a better idea of who deserves to be there and who doesn't. Because the last thing the NHL needs is for it to become like the baseball all-star game or the NBA all-star weekend where it's it's just a joke. Like the NHL all-star game has always meant something. Should continue to mean something. I mean, I mean the, the sad thing is when you look at all-star games in the last... I'll say five years for the trends like the NBA since that 2016 dunk contest like it's gone to shit man yeah. like the skills comp I like get nobody gives a shit anymore yeah and you know the three-point is cool if someone gets hot and doesn't miss but like even the all-star game like I love the Kobe rule since they, that was amazing that was something I think that was an absolute home run but when you're looking at the NHL, all the skills and like it, like even that year they went to Vegas with the fountain, like it got very corny. I think in this specific uh, situation, when it when it's in Toronto, which is like the hockey fucking mecca. I mean, I know it's not, but it technically is. We're one of the most marketable franchises. We ever the most expensive. I, I I can't be telling you guys that Bjorkstrand and Hurdle and Dickinson are all stars. It's just not fair to guys like well, like Willie. Like they're gonna get, like okay, they're gonna get in, but these guys should have the spot immediately. And even a guy like like I'm gonna go through each team here before I go on a complete rant. But my main thing is you got to scrap the every player. They did. When did they do that? I think it was four years ago when people were coming. Oh, it's not fair. No, some teams don't have any. Well. Maybe it's because they're a dead last and your leading point getter has 50 points at the end of the year. So I'm going to go through each team. I want to. I want you guys to quickly tell me who you think is the biggest surprise in each division, who you think is the biggest snub in each division, and then we'll kind of just end it with that. And then we'll go to... Uh, Wildcard th weekend. Then we'll go to NFL. But start with Atlantic, which to me is easily the 
most star-powered team. You have Austin Matthews, David Pasternak, Kucherov, Brady Kachuk, Rasmus Dahlin, Nick Suzuki, well-deserved Sam Reinhart, and Alex Dobrinkit. Guys, who is your biggest surprise on this list? No disrespect, but Suzuki. I think Willie, if you're going by those other ones, Willie should be there instead of Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, Suzuki's a really good shout. Um, For me, I like the way he plays. I don't think he should be an all-star just because they've looked like a like a bit of a clown show this year, and that's Brady Kachuk. Great leader, great captain, but some of the shit that they've dealt with this year, it just looks awful. And I don't, I don't think he needs to be there. Not for nothing. He's he's more focused on trying to fight other teams' goalies at times than getting the job done and dealing with the basket case of a team that they have. I mean, if you're smart and you want skill, you can put Tim Stutzel there. I don't know why he's not there, but you know, like. Yeah, for me, definitely the biggest surprise on this list. Even Tom Wilson. Sorry to cut you off, Chris. You mean to tell me Tom Wilson needs to be in an all-star game? Yeah, if, that's true. If, yeah, if, Ovechkin, that, if Ovechkin or Backstrom or any anybody else in the Eastern Conference. Honestly, I think. Like, come on. I, like, okay, so for me, for this this division here, I think the biggest like surprise making it is definitely like 100% Suzuki just because. Cole Caulfield started the season absolutely dynamite, red hot. Suzuki, yeah, you're getting secondary assists. You're the captain of an original six, but you're not really a marketable guy. So to me, it's kind of a question mark. I agree with what you said with Brady Kachuk. He's just having a terrible year. Nothing's really clicking in Ottawa. This is another situation where you probably plug in like a Stamkos or a point, someone other than Brady Kachuk. And Man, I, I, I love to bring it, but he slowed down too quite a bit. So like you could easily put Willie and, and point in here and I would not be too disappointed. But then we go to the Metro and to me, this one is like a head scratcher beyond belief. I only have three of the f- like eight here that I believe are all stars and that's Aho, um, Matt Barzell and Sidney Crosby. And maybe Konechny, because Konechny's been on a tear. But I'll go through it. You have Sebastian Ajo, dude, 15 points in the last six games. Okay. Stud. Stud. Boone Jenner. Like, come on. Fantilli, if, if, Fantilli should be there. If, if you really want to market Columbus, Adam it's, it's, it's either Fantilli, the new hotshot, or it's probably Johnny Hockey. His nickname says it himself, Johnny Hockey. It's Fantilli. If if it's in Can- if it's in Toronto, the kids from Bolton, yeah. it's Adam Fantilli. I'm sorry, like Paisano Fantilli. Yeah, over like, there. <laughs> and not even Paisans. I wish we were, but you know that's that's one. But yeah, another. I have a star beside him. He's currently here with a shoulder injury. Jack Hughes. He's a fucking animal. We all know him. Matt Barzell took him in fantasy. Fucking having a bounce back season. Gotta love him. Shesterkin. Uh, why is he an all star, Alino? You have Jonathan Quick. I actually, that was my hot take. I think Jonathan Quick uh, has warranted a nice little fairy tale, one last all-star. I would have put Jonathan Quick there, as crazy as that sounds. You, you're, you're not wrong there. I, I couldn't agree more. Konechny, that's a that's a tough one. Sid's a no-brainer. Tom, Tom, between Tom Wilson and Boone Jenner for the Metro, I don't know what the fuck what the fuck they're thinking. I, no, no, I'm tell, I'm going to say this before, and we're not even. I know we're, we're halfway. We got two more teams to go through and then we got the fan voting. But at this rate, scrap these fucking brutal division teams. And East versus West, man. Yeah. No, it's you, not that hard. You don't even have to do East versus West anymore. The talent is so on par. Just do Team Europe versus Team North America. That would settle so many things. You know how in, you know how intriguing that would be? You could see Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Austin Matthews all on the same fucking team. I think Team Europe would get fucking boat raced. 
to be honest with you. Team Europe has the goalies. Team North America, I mean, yeah, we got I the mean, Americans, I but mean, like, yeah. But that that's what you want the All Star Game to be. East versus West I, would I, be great. I don't, yes, I don't disagree. But, I just think North America would fucking smoke them. I don't know, but yeah, I, I love. I, I I've been saying this for fucking years. It's man. hard. It's hard to look at this, man. Like, Why are they doing three on three? Why are you doing divisions? Why are there four teams? Like it just it doesn't make any fucking sense, man. They're they're trying to turn this, Chris and Chris. Chris and I would know this, Alino. You didn't play hockey, but this reminds me this stupid All Star format at the end of the year in the summer or at the very beginning of hockey seasons. You had the summer tournament or preseason tournament teams in the U.S. They were insanely popular, more so than here. Um, but you would have guys from all over the states go play on like a East Coast team. They'd be either a year older or a year younger and they would go to these tournaments and just mop the floor. Like they're they're, they're creating like these AAU basketball teams for kids in hockey. And it's like, that's not what the NHL ever is going to be. And it's not what it's supposed to be. Go back to what worked and what was simple. Like these guys are supposed to be the best players in the NHL. Some of the guys are hurt or they're in fan voting. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, like if you look at the guys in fan voting, you're fucking laughing here. It's actually fucking sad. And I think I put the top 10 that are uh, leading in all-star voting. But again, regardless, we're getting off topic. Tom Wilson, to me, a great player. He's from Toronto, but Dylan Strom might be the most disrespected player that I can remember. Like, yeah, Ovi's having a shitty year. Backstrom is, I think he's MIA now. I don't even think... He's on the team right now. But man, Dylan Strom comes to work every day. First line center. Guy has, I think he put up 60 points last year. Nobody talks about this guy. Like, am I missing something? It's a resurgence for him. Like, remember his career looked like, oh, it was going straight down the toilet. Mm-hmm. And he turned it around. Uh, They're goaltending. Uh, my boy's there. Your net. boy. So maybe like goalies, maybe he could have yeah. made like some sort of argument. But like, I don't know. I think the way they just handed it to Shesterkin like this is kind of odd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, so he's the only goalie in the East? I think Shesterkin? Because so. I don't see any uh, yeah, I don't Islanders see- on there. Yeah, no. Uh, well, Barzell is the representative. So, I mean, yeah. You could have you could have Sorokin be your goalie. Yeah. On, you I mean, I, I think if there's one guy that should go, it's probably like Allmark or Swayman because they just had stupid years again. Um, other than that, like I can't yeah, give you, you can't a put name. Martin Jones, you can't put Samsonov, you can't put uh, Wall. <laughs> you can't put they Reimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have as much games. So like those guys, like Reimer too, like. The numbers he's putting up. Imagine you got called what up. What about what about who's in it? Florida's got Bobrovsky. Uh, yeah, Bobrovsky. Well, okay. So here's another thing that's interesting. We still got what one more, two more teams. Two more teams. We'll talk about it. The question is another thing that they got to address too is like, what if guys just decide to decline? Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> like, like, you know, like when do we get to the point where Sid and Ovi have played in their eyes their final All Star game and they tell Gary Bettman, "Hey, buddy, fuck you. We've done enough for this league." We're done with all-star games. Like there's players that can fill their void now, but like it's going to get to a point where say Austin Matthews doesn't want to play Brad Marchant, Pasternak, whoever, those are bridges they're going to have to cross, but they're also going to have to figure that out if that happens even this year. So who do you guys think is the biggest snub on Metro? I mean, I would, I'd like to think Fantilli. You guys can call me crazy for that, but like if it's not Fantilli. Gunsel? Nah, nah, Crosby's just You got to have, you got to have Sid. You got to have Sid. If it's not Sid, you got to have Malkin. Even if Malkin's not playing well, it's just... I'd probably say, honestly, like, 
I know Panarin said he's not going because he's having his second kid, but like, how about Zibanejad? Like, nobody's kind of mentioned his name. He's doing yeah. pretty well. Regardless, that team just gets so many question marks. Sorry for ranting there. Central Division has Clayton Keller, who to me is a standout for sure in Arizona. Um, Jason Dickinson replacing Connor Bedard. Uh, I'm not really going to... They I don't want to. Forf- I don't want to bash the guy. He was a former first round pick, but they could forfeit their their yeah. mandatory guy for another guy. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, like just just replace Dickinson with Ranton, and like you have Nathan McCart- McKinnon, who to me might be the heart winner right now. You have Ottinger, who I think actually out of all the Dallas players, I think he might be the guy that deserves it. Robertson's had a down year. Kaprizov is injured right now. He had that hip problem, and don't know when he's coming back. You have Philip Forsberg and and Robert Thomas. Those two guys. I absolutely love it. I think Robert Thomas is a guy where as soon as he got that $7 million contract, everyone's like, no, this guy's he's shit. He's overpaid. And then it's been a point per game since. And then, of course, to me, this is probably the best debate that I would love to talk about with you guys. Probably don't have enough time, but the Winnipeg All-Star, there's a lot of good deserving guys. They gave it to Hellebuck. Because uh, Hellebuck, like... They can have a lot of candidates here that make a good, compelling argument. But now Ottinger and Hellebuck, you have two guys from the division that are goalies in a three-on-three. Who the hell is going to play? Yeah. Nobody. I, I think I think, the, I think the thing with that is similar to like with how the Leafs have been playing or just with the Leafs superstars. With how Winnipeg's been playing, give them fucking three or four all-stars. They fucking deserve it. They're the best team in the league. And then I could even say the same thing about Vancouver. You mean to tell me Vancouver doesn't get a couple guys to go? I know there's fan voting. Oh, they, but they should have at least three. Yeah, exactly. Easily, easily three. So, you know, like it is what it is. So who do you guys think is the biggest surprise on this list? I will easily say easily. I mean, it's it's Dickinson. But if we if we scratch him out here, I think I got to go with Hellebuck being the biggest surprise here because I there's a guy on that team that was a Norris candidate last year. He's I think I think he's just under a point a game. Josh Morrissey. Get, give the fucking D more love here. There's I only see like two, three D here. Like give some like remember back in the day when they had I think it was was it like eight forwards, five D I think. Yeah. There's fucking three D here. The thing the thing anyone will tell you was you got to market the game, the scoring, just yeah. like fuck off. Some of the defensemen are better forwards than guys that are in the NHL that are full time forwards. They need more love, absolutely. But you mean to tell me that like Cam Talbot's on the list for like a goalie for a team. Oh, that's like, the next team. Yeah. Oh, no, fuck. but like, like, come on, you couldn't put any, but he's having a great year. I'll yeah, say that. But Hellebuck's been, he's the best fucking best. Like he was not statistically, but he's been playing the fucking best for his team to be first in the league. I'd say between him and Demko. Yeah. yeah. Those two guys have probably been the best Demko's goalies. Been amazing. But even on this format too, like that's we're bringing it up and it's three on three. So like we're bringing up Caden Keller there, but Imagine someone from Arizona, because, you know, like the 300 season ticket holders they probably have <laughs> and the longtime fans. Imagine somebody from Arizona sees Keller's name, like, I'm going to watch the All-Star game. They're going to be confused. Like, what, what am I watching? What's this three on three? They're not going to know the rules. <laughs> They're not used to seeing this. And when they go to see a game in that little mullet arena that probably they're as big as a closet. They're going to probably say, look, uh, why is there five guys versus five guys and a goalie? I'm confused. You're turning off hockey fans there. So five on five, like keep the rules the same, make fans like see this is what actual NHL game is like. And maybe they'll want to go see it down the road. This is a hot take. I'm giving this format another probably two years and that's it. When's oh, the man. next? I, I, I think honestly, if you're Batman, the way how like these players are getting more marketable every day. Yeah. At least the guys that I think are coming in the league. Just change the format. 
just change it back to five on five. I think everyone wants to see it. Even people are starting to hate the three on three. Like at the end of the games, like they're like kind of don't care for it. It's sloppy. People are dropping the puck yeah, when you're like it's so dumb. It, I fucking hate it. Well, because not for nothing, you could <laughs> three on three hockey when guys are tired is not good hockey. Like my men's league on Monday nights at York University, we have overtime. It's three on three. The clocks you, you can only change on the fly. You can't change on a whistle. You got six or six guys show up that night or eight guys. You're exhausted by the time overtime comes. doesn't matter how good a shape you are or not. Like it's sloppy. It's not fun. Sure. It can be exciting when there's a turnover and a breakaway, but it's the all-star game. Guys are going to look like they're fucking lollygagging and just throwing a hundred foot or 50 foot saucer passes. Make it five on five. Make it more enticing where it's something where it's like, here's an idea. You make it North America versus Europe, right? The winning team... Do what the NBA does. You give them fucking money or whatever the fuck it is. But then what ends up happening is whoever wins three cities or for Europe countries get an opportunity to put a bid in for the World Cup of Hockey. That'd be cool. Yeah. Because then at least at that point, you're you're growing the game and you're making guys want to be there because there's something to play for. You want to know another one they can do? This is going to probably make uh, a lot of guys want to be all-stars. Say the gate for Scotiabank Arena, the winning team gets 50% of that. So the other's opposing side getting whatever's left in the PA at the end of the year. But the right. winning team, the attendance, and 50% of the concession sales for that weekend. That's, Jesus. Let's do that, it. That, <laughs> you could you can buy a couple of houses in, in Ontario with that kind of money. I think another good idea, to if you're going to make the all-star game the be-all and end-all, and you're going to give guys the gate like that, a cut of the gate like that, make it a fucking outdoor game. Yeah. Make it a massive venue. Make it fun. Like what they did in Seattle for Vegas, the game wasn't that great because of the ice didn't seem to hold up. It was very bouncy. But that atmosphere, if you've ever been able to go to an outdoor game or watch them on TV, it's an event. That is what I think the All-Star game needs to become. Make it a real event and then figure out the format because this format right now is garbage. It's garbage. And I'm just going to end with, uh, you know, just the Pacific quickly. Vitrano made it for Anaheim, which to me is a, it's a cool story because a lot of teams have kicked him to the curb. But again, nobody really wants to see Frank Vitrano in the All-Star game. Elias Lindholm for Calgary. Calgary's an int- an interesting team to monitor right now just because, again, you have guys like Blake Coleman, Backlund. These type of guys are actually performing better than guys like Lindholm and Huberto, which is weird. McDavid is obviously the, the be-all, end-all guy. Talbot, to me, great story, but I would definitely would have given it like a last hoorah, given it to Kopitar. Hurdle, we don't want to see him because of the Shark situation. Bjorkstrand, Seattle just lacks that star power. They're a good team. They just don't have a superstar. Quinn Hughes, I think out of all the guys to represent Vancouver, I probably would have given the edge to Pedersen over. What about giving the D love, like you said? Oh, no, I I agree with that. I just think if you need a guy that's going to represent Vancouver, I think the more attractable European player, you take the rock star in Pedersen. He's also a free agent at the end of the year, so maybe that's a little bit of an incentive to, yeah, you know, just... We'll, we'll resign you. But but that's one of those things where it's like, you're not going to pick your captain to go to the All-Star game? Like, I mean, yeah, the season he's had, I don't blame him. But again, this this goes to our discussion. Vancouver should have like three guys. So, yeah. And then, of course, you have my boy, Jack Eichel, the guy uh, that yeah. proves <laughs> that you could win a cup with 10-plus milli. boy Jack. So um, that team is probably the worst out of all the divisions. I got to give McDavid his flowers if they end up winning because he's definitely the GOAT if you're going to make Vitrano be the winner. But going into the leading on the fan voting, all these guys should easily be shoe-ins. You got Nylander, who we talked about on the freaking whole show. Kale McCarr is 
probably winning the Norris Trophy. Leon Dreisaitl, we all know his ability. Pedersen, to me, might be the most underrated superstar in the league. Mitchell Marner, which again, this is... <laughs> This is just the the Leafs the Leafs fandom taking over the the fan voting here. You got Willie Marner, Riley, and Tavares in it, and then of course you got Miller, Besser, Rantanen. So it's basically dominated by three teams. <laughs> but you know what though, as it should be, if those if those are going to be the best teams in the league, you want the best players at the All Star game. That's what it needs to be. At this rate, if they want to maybe spice things up. Have your division teams with your shitty... If they're going to keep this format, have your divisional teams. Then what you should do, personally, if you have a team that's the best team by a long shot, say it's Winnipeg or Vancouver in the entire NHL, you give them their own all-star team as the best team in the league. Then, no, no. Then what you do for the last team is you make it a fan-voted team. Because then, if you're going to have the entire thing voted across the entire board, people will actually take the voting a little bit more seriously. That is an interesting take, but that is it for hockey for today. 